Welcome to the 7 Daily Choices Podcast, a podcast designed to empower you to transform your relationships, optimize your leadership, and ignite your world. My name is Dow Tippett, and I want to help you create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. Let me start here. On May 30th, 2002, um, on Mount Hood, there were four guys who had spent months training. Climbing Mount Hood takes quite a bit of effort and uh, expertise and struggle. And the four guys summited May 30th of 2002, and they started back down the mountain. On the way back down, they were kind of tired, and they were kind of in a hurry uh, while they were pushing themselves. And so they started pulling their safety pins as they went, just staying strapped to each other by rope. Um, they'd done this kind of thing before they thought they'd be okay the problem is when the top guy slipped his momentum on the ice shelf where they happened to be was so fast by the time he got the second guy there was no ability to stop and because of high winds the next two guys didn't even hear it happening so now you've got two guys hurtling towards the other two and they run them down and they all start uh, falling down the mountain even more unfortunate, at the same time, five other climbers were coming up the other way. And the four climbers coming down and the five going up, the climbers came and took out the five coming down and three people ended up dying that day. Tired people make bad decisions. Tired leaders make devastating decisions. And as we talk about leading after crisis, one of the things we have to understand is we're tired. People all around us are tired. Um, the trauma and loss of the last four years has been or two years has been compounding. And if you had any reserves going into 2020, <laughs> they were probably used up rallying to get everybody to the summit and get through this thing. The problem is, Far too often when we're doing these climbs, we think the summit is the point. The summit is the goal, but it's not the end of the journey. And so as we come out of crisis, and maybe the crisis you're coming out of has nothing to do with COVID or um, discrimination issues or politics or any of that stuff that we all went through together. <laughs> maybe it's got a, your own crisis. And you've come through, and you and your team are doing great. Uh, crisis can come in all forms. Sometimes it even looks good. Marriages create crisis. New weddings, new people coming together creates crisis. Uh, crisis can come in, the, in, in loss of people, loss of dreams, loss of ideals, um, loss of expectations. All kinds of things can create crisis for us. And when we go through crisis, we have to remember on the backside of it, we're usually tired. We've rallied. And now... Our energy is just lower. Our reserves are not there. And if we're going to continue to lead well, we've got to recognize that going in. Because here's what happens. When you're tired, you get raw. Which means you get irritable and insensitive. Right? You guys have heard this. Just this first one. <laughs> you get irritable and insensitive. You start going after each other over dumb things. Um, this last year, um, on airlines... Or, or in 
2021 on airlines, they reported over 500 incidents of people having to be removed or having to be stopped. In 2019, it was 30 globally. But people are just upset. And maybe you notice it in other places too. People are getting upset just so much faster right now. And it's because globally our reserves are gone and we're all a little bit irritable and insensitive. <laughs> we're, we don't have the reserves it takes to offer extra grace when we need to if we're not careful. As leaders, we're going to have to figure that out. Because here's what happens. Because you're irritable, people tend to upset you all the time. Or, because you're insensitive, you're upsetting everybody around you. Either way, you begin to feel alone. And leadership is already a lonely place to be. Um, it, you know, they say it's lonely at the top, and that is, that is not false. It is hard to lead already. There's some distance that's created between you and the people you lead just by the fact of your position. And even good leaders find themselves feeling alone. Now, they may not be alone, but they feel alone. And so what do we do? We pull away or we push away from everybody else. Great resignation, right? We see right now people changing jobs at light speed. Some people don't even show up for the interview. They go, they go take another job. Other people show up for an interview. They get offered a job. And the next day, the company tells them they're being laid off. <laughs> they're cutting back. Right now, people are running away and we are pulling away and we're trying to drag ourselves away from each other because... People are driving us crazy. Or maybe just this boss is driving us crazy. If we go somewhere else, it'll be better. The problem is wherever you go, there you are. And you are tired, and you are insensitive and irritable, and you will feel alone and you begin to pull away. So what we want to do is we want to begin to shift the way we lead because we, when we understand where what's going on, when we understand the circumstances we're in, it allows us to shift the way we lead. Now, leadership principles don't really change. Um, if you listen to leadership trainers, I've been doing this for a long time, and you listen to this leadership guru or that leadership guy or that, they're all saying the same thing because the principles don't change. The problem is our principles begin to take a back seat to our personality when this stuff happens and to our problem. And so what we've got to do is we've got to begin to put our safety points back in place, and that's principles. But the way we're going to do that is first, we're going to acknowledge where we are. So right in front of you, I've given you this tool. Now, we've got, I've got over 70 tools that I can use, but today I'm going to give you four that you can use and then you can use with other people. So since we don't have very many people today, take an extra one that you can show this if you think it will help somebody else. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to put two numbers on here. I want you to mark where you remember, if you can, where you remember being in January of 2020. Remember 2020 vision? Everybody had it, right? We are all excited. Um, we're coming up on this. And I want you to think about where was I in 2020? Coming into the year. And then I want you to think about where you are now. And I want you to ask yourself, has the gauge gone up? Or down. Yeah? It, it depends on what it is. Yeah? So, I mean, I, I, I guess anything where I, I see where there's improvement, I always step back and look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I can't solve the whole thing. So, right. you know, so how are we, we going to do this? Growth is helpful. Yeah. Kevin? 
Um, so in 2020, um, I was at Bosch and feeling just okay. Okay. Uh, my life, as far as my job, is I'm moving in the, the excited, like I'm moving that direction. You're going in the right direction. But as far as family life, dealing with my dad being extremely ill, I'm heading down the burned out stage. Yeah, so Help different, take care of dad. different areas of life. But it affects places. the whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. Because you heard that. Kevin has had a job change. It's really a positive change. And for you, there wasn't a lot of loss, which is nice. <laughs> there were a lot of gains and not a lot of loss. Yeah. You probably lost some relationships, but yeah, but not a ton. Uh, but you've also had uh, the family crisis that's going on, right? Okay, now Shelly. <laughs> I know, she, so I told Jeff, Shelly's my first client. Shelly's been the one who's allowed me to keep going for years now. So Shelly, she's so, my sister. <laughs> so, so for me, I'm kind of just in that stuck position right now, based on what I'm looking at on this paper. And the reason I say that is because with 2020, before COVID happened, things was do going great. And then all of a sudden, the business that I do, they pretty much started doing everything over Zoom, um, which is complicated for me because I'm more, I like to be in a setting like this in front of somebody instead of talking to a bunch of people. So I've quit going to a lot of the meetings. I don't do the meetings anymore because I want it back in our office. I don't want it over Zoom, you know, talking to people. And I've explained that to Dow as I've met with him. But I have a full-time job in collections for student loans for college. And the business there since COVID has happened has declined drastically to where they did away with the federal department. Now they're doing away, you know, changing our bonus structure to where it's less money. So it's just been really discouraging for me because that's not a position I'm used to being in. But as far as the leadership part, I feel like I've grown a lot just for me with Dallas, made me think more positively about things. I'm getting ready to set a booth up for my business, which I've never done before. So I'm excited about that at the Corn Festival and I'm just looking forward to see how that goes for me as far as my business goes. But right now, I'm just stuck unless something happens yeah. there. Shelly's husband also um, had yeah, a stroke yeah. just prior to 2020. challenging. And her dad is Kevin's dad, so yes. she's got a lot of personal things going on that are making things challenging. Dale, what about you? I think um, business-wise, being part of this church, I think in 2020, I, I would think I was feeling just okay. We had planned and we had done some things. But I don't think we had uh, forward momentum like I would have liked. But um, since then, in spite of COVID, in spite of church attendance decline and offering decline, I'm actually kind of optimistic and excited about where our church is going. Awesome. Uh, we, we, uh, we're planning and we, we, I think our elders and staff, as stressful as it was, see, saw the, uh, all the changes as as opportunities to, to reach more people. People are hurting, like you mentioned. Right. People are tired, which is a perfect opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Sure. So um, I'm optimistic and excited about it, even though there are there some significant declines in the in usual our usual measurements. Sure. We're shifting the measurements, though. Yeah. To things that are more important. Awesome. So here's the thing. We have four people in this room, and I, I tell you right now, I'm feeling stuck to just okay. 
Um, but I'm hoping, actually, this week has got me more optimistic than I've been in a long time. I got to speak on Tuesday. I need to speak today. I've got some stuff going on. Uh, so this week's actually picked a lot up. But um, but in this room, there's, there's, okay, so five of us, and we're all in different places. So if you have a team of people, you need to know where they are. And on any given day, it can change. In, in any given circumstance, at in family, I'm feeling one way. At work, I'm feeling a different way. Knowing that is going to allow you to lead better. Understanding where you are and acknowledging where you are and having other people acknowledge where they are is going to allow you to understand the circumstances you're leading in in any particular time. What happens is we, we kind of, in, in crisis, we focus in and we do so well at rallying to reach the summit. But as we come down and our focus begins to kind of drift and we begin to get tired and things begin to wear on us and other people around us, we're leading, we're still going, but other people around us begin to drag and the people are trying to lead. We may be doing okay, but we're pulling a little harder to bring them along. What happens is teams begin to descend in their ability to do everything they're capable of and potential goes down. So what we want to do is recognizing that we want to acknowledge where we're at, and then we want to bring balance to our team. So let me talk to you about balance. And when I say balance, it's kind of a, uh, um, the wrong... I, I put this as balance, and I've had it as balance because I wanted to do ABCs for you. Um, but <laughs> it's a pastor thing. Um, but balance, honestly, is more about tension. So if you flip that, that meter over, you guys don't have... We put yours front and back. You'll see what we call our support challenge matrix. Um, this is probably my favorite tool that Giant has shown me so far uh, because for years I've been t- telling people you have to constantly work on safety and honesty being measured together. They rise and fall at the same time. What, what Giant does is they've used the word support and challenge, but they're the same ideas. Here's the concept. I need to help people to understand clearly everything I expect of them and everything I think they're capable of. Honesty. And I gotta be radically honest about it. But that can be challenging, right? Honesty may be the best policy, but sometimes it's hard to hear and it's hard to say. (laughs) But I also need high support. They need to know I'm with them, I'm for them, I'm behind them, I'm on their side. Anytime I challenge them, it's for their good. This is what sets people free. Now, unfortunately, for, for most of us, again, at any point in our day, we may shift, <laughs> depending on where we are. Um, if we give too much challenge, too much honesty, too much straightforward talk, and not enough support, what ends up feeling, people feel dominated. This creates culture of fear and then manipulation in the sense that either we're using fear to get them to do things for us that they wouldn't otherwise do, or they do things for us that they may not, they maybe shouldn't do for us because they're afraid. But they're doing it to manipulate where we're at and our, and our feelings. So we don't want to create that kind of culture. So we've got to be looking to give high support and high challenge all the time. Um, the other thing is, if you give high support and low challenge, you end up creating a culture of protection. Entitled, people begin to feel entitled. People begin to feel mistrust of leadership. It's interesting because leadership saying all these good things, but we trust them less and less and less because it's almost like they're blowing smoke and at some point we can't trust them. 
We have an entire generation of millennials who were supported to the nth degree and they don't trust anybody and they feel entitled to everything. Now, having said that, that is a generalization. There are a lot of great millennials out there doing great work. And a lot of them now have kids and homes and cars and things have changed. <laughs> it's amazing what responsibility will do to entitlement. Right? But that's where challenge comes in. As you add responsibility to the support, the entitlement goes away. The mistrust begins to dissolve because you begin to see more clearly the full truth. And so you can live free. Now, if you're giving no support and no challenge, you're just giving up leadership. Go take another position anyways. You should. But <laughs> you're just abdicating. And nobody expects anything. And really, that's where you get the least amount out of any of your people. So we want to balance these. We want high challenge. We want to challenge people to become better, to be their best. And we want high support. Um, all month long in karate, we've been teaching this idea. And I can't, I can't, I'm not going to do this today because there's so few of us here. Um, but um, I use an example oftentimes. I did this with high schoolers this last year uh, when we're teaching this of understanding there's a push and a pull in this high support and high challenge. We're pushing them up. We're also pulling on, on some of their teaching <coughs> points. Okay? And I'll have them. I'll have, it's great with high schoolers because I'll have somebody punch me. Only oh, they don't get there. Somebody punch you. You're happy to punch me? <laughs> Unfortunately, you actually punch me. No. Um, <laughs> last time I taught it, when I taught it at Wilmington, when I taught, shared this at Wilmington, uh, just right at the end of the school year, I had told a kid he was going to punch me, and I turned and faced this way, but because Dale's hit me before, I was watching out of the corner of my eye, and so he went to punch before I was ready, and I just caught it. Every football player in the room just went, Whoa. <laughs> but I noticed that. Anyway, but once, you, once you're there, you have this ability to gain influence with a push and a pull together. You gain the most influence with that push and pull together. And that's, so when, we're, when we understand where our team is, we want to make sure we're offering a balance of challenge and support. And part of what that means is, if somebody's already feeling tons of challenge, we need to give them a lot more support. If they're feeling comfortable and they're feeling good, we need to give them more challenge. Because one of the things we have to recognize is people do this to themselves. So here's where I, what I want you to plot on this uh, chart. I want you to plot where you are internal. Are you giving yourself enough support and enough challenge? Are you more high challenge to yourself and low support of yourself? Are you more high support of yourself and low challenge? Dale, why don't you tell us where you're at on that? I think uh, my uh, op optimistic attitude makes me feel more supported and I don't necessarily challenge myself enough. So I think I probably need to up my challenge. Okay. Shelly? I think I'm the opposite, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, I, I have my mind was uh, low challenge, and I think that I need to, to be supported um, in order to. Your high challenge. Or they, they, well, yeah, yeah, I got it back. Low support. Yeah. Yes, high challenge and low support, and I need more support. Yeah. Um, to have confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. 
And what happens around you is people begin to either give you real support or they fake it just to make you happy, which isn't any help. Right. Any help. Real support helps you, but yes. yeah. Jeff? <clears throat> I, I, um, I feel like I've got so many, so many different challenges that I'm, I don't want to over challenge because then I lose focus. So, uh, but then I know it can be handled. It just, what's important, I think. So I find myself trying to watch that I don't get overwhelmed. Yeah. So, um, so you are doing some good personal care time. Oh, I well, hmm, yeah, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I've got too many things to celebrate. Awesome for life. So I mean, I just you know. But then, of course, talking about parents, you know, my mother. I just I'm the one that had to call and get the neurology appointment set, which is October sixth. And mom and dad wants to go back to Florida way before that. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Mom, and of course, mom's the one. Now you're driving us down this year, aren't you? You know, it's, yep. You know, but we haven't really talked about the schedule yet. So, gotcha. you know, and I'm the oldest, so why Jeff has to make the phone call? But you know, and, it, and you know, so it's those little things I know that's coming. But you know, it's that's life. Yeah. That's that's life. Yeah. So. And the way to live free is to navigate that. Constantly navigating sure. that support and challenge. Kevin? I'm in a super good place yeah. right now. Uh, I'm just, I got a lot, you know, with a new job, I have a lot of challenges, but it's exciting. I have a lot of support um, in that job, but the employees that work for me, because of the past, they're more in that protect side. They don't trust management at all. So my challenges in that area have increased, but the the team that I have underneath me, the leadership team that I have underneath me, is phenomenal, and they're learning so much that I'm I'm in a super exciting place. So awesome! I, I love the fact that I don't have to look at these right now. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It, but but I just gotta be careful and maintain that, you know. And so and that and that's the trick, right? <laughs> so on a bad day, we can go into dominant, but if we don't stay there. And people don't see us that way. Then we'll move back into liberating people. And people, people like liberators. They like to be around us, and they'll follow us better if we liberate. That's how we lead people. That's how we empower people. Um, one of the nice things for you, Kevin, is hopefully some of these tools are something you can go show some of your leaders to maybe struggle with this. Yeah, I tried to get the night shift supervisor that worked last night to come, but he worked all night long. So sure, sure, and I get it. Um, that's why we're going to offer this at different times. And just so you know, I am available. Uh, if somebody needs me to come talk to their organization, I'm available. Come share, um, not for free like this, but um, I am available. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that we're doing this and that we're doing the high support and high challenge. And right now, because of crisis, and anytime you're coming out of a crisis, you have to remember there's been a heavy challenge piece. That crisis creates heavy challenge. So there's got to be a support piece. And right now. The last thing I want you to do in your leadership is I want you to consider capacity. In order for teams to grow and flow, there are five key elements to a team functioning at optimal, at its optimal potential. 
First is communication. You've got to be able to communicate. Um, right now, businesses in our area are saying that's one of the chief areas they need to fix. Well, if that's the case, everything else is struggling because everything begins and ends with communication. Are we communicating well? So if we're not communicating well, we got to fix that. So that's another thing. If you are talking to other business leaders and you're hearing that's their struggle, please let them know. Um, I'm here. I'm doing this work. I've been doing this work for four years. I'm making it more public now because I realized when I went to the Chamber of Commerce meeting that everything I've been trying to do for four years is what our community needs. And so I really want to pour into our community if I can um, because we have tools. And when I say we at Seven Daily Choices Power Skills Consultant, we have tools not only a partnership with Janet but on our own to teach communication and get that well. Um, that's probably one of the places I'm. I'm best, communication is, I would actually say my number two best skill is teaching communication. Number one is relationships. But without communication, relationships are hard to do well. Um, but I'm, I am an expert in relationships. That's where I would put myself. This is where my expertise lies the most. Uh, when we have good communication, good relationships, we have good alignment. We can align and we all get on the same page. We're all headed in the same direction. Then execution comes up. This is the challenge of getting it done but supporting people to do it. Um, I do. I have been learning a ton in this area about how to execute better as teams by understanding each other better, aligning our teams by what's best for them. In fact, next month, I think that's what we're going to talk about, is putting people in the proper place so that alignment happens. And it's going to shift with every project. Alignment needs to shift based on who you have on your team for every project because there are skills that different people have that are needed for different projects. So alignment will shift, but execution then happens because the alignment's in the right place. Um, and I think we're going to talk a lot about that next month. But one of the things we have to understand right now is right now capacity is short. People are very, very short on capacity. If they were running at 100% in 2020, they might have had a little bit in reserves. They might have actually been running at 90. They were given everything they had, maybe a little reserves. At the end of 2021, here in 2022, the reserves are gone. They're not functioning at full capacity. Even in this room, for those of us who are doing well, the highest we got was like a 75, right? On our hope meter. So that's, that's not full capacity. So if you're running, and your average person right now is running about 55%, between 40 and 55% is what they'll tell you. They're running below capacity of their normal capacity, and they have nothing extra. Here's what nothing extra means. Um, on Tuesday when I shared this with the group that I was sharing it with, I said, how many of you feel like you're doing okay today? And a lot of them were doing okay. And that, that was really good. That's really good to hear. And I said, if on your way home you have a flat tire, will you still be okay? And a lot of hands went down. It, it's not that we, not we aren't doing everything we can under the current circumstances to do what needs doing. The problem is we've used up our reserves, and if we're running it with everything we've got right now, with no reserves, it doesn't take much to push us over that edge. Are you talking about the oil gas costs? Well, that that could be in there. I'm, I'm trying not to be. Oh, you're talking um, about us. <clears throat> but yeah, it just doesn't take much. 
right? It's just this little push and everything go, everything falls apart. Um, great story I read on LinkedIn uh, about this. There was a, an airplane flight at LaGuardia that got canceled and the gate attendant is trying to refix everybody, you know, 300 passengers on this flight. She's trying to reassign them and she's standing at the gate. And this, this guy walks up to the counter and slaps his ticket down on the counter. He says, I need a ticket right now to get wherever he's going and I need to be flying first class. And she said, sir, I understand there are over 300 passengers here. We're going to try to get everybody to their next destination as quickly as possible. And you're just going to have to wait in line. To which he says, do you know who I am? To which she gets on the microphone and says, your attention to the terminal, please. We have a man at gate 12 who doesn't know who he is. If somebody could come and help us out, uh, we would appreciate it. And as everyone else in the line is snickering, uh, the man proceeds to um, salute her with one finger and say, F you, walks up. To which she says, sir, you'll have to get in line for that as well. <laughs> one of them had reserves. The other one had nothing left so that uh, a delayed flight blew his world up. And we want to be the person with the reserves. We want our people to be the person with the reserves because stuff's going to happen, right? It may be at work. It may not be at work. And if we don't give our people the ability to build up reserves for those things that are going to happen, or we don't give ourselves the ability to build up reserves for what's going to happen, then what ends up happening is we're fine. Everything seems to be fine. We're coming out of this thing. Everything's going great. And then, boom, it blows. And all of a sudden, we're back in crisis again. So what we need to do as leaders right now is we need to slow down just a little bit. Just below capacity. Rather than pushing people to everything they've got right now and understand it's less than normal, we need to pull back from that even and give them room to build reserves. Give them some room and some freedom to build up some extra because something's going to go wrong. Now, as leaders, sometimes we're like, yeah, but how do we do that? We got lines running all day. We got, you know, we got stuff we got to do. We got, we got people sending orders. We're trying to figure out... Um, how to make enough phone calls in a day to get through, right? We're trying to figure all that out. Here's the reality. If we don't take breaks in the midst of that, intentionally, our people will push. Especially if you have good people. They'll push. They'll push themselves. They'll push for the work because, number one, right now, they're grateful. They got a job. Right now, they are happy where they are or they would have already left because everybody else is doing it. Um, right now, your people are willing to give what they've got because they've always been willing to give what they've got. They just don't have as much. So we have to be intentional about this. But here's what this looks like. This is not to give people that break. This is not give them an extra day off a week. Although, you know, four-day four work weeks are getting more and more popular. This is not make sure everybody gets a trip to Tahiti. That's not what we're talking about. Here's what it takes. Take an extra 20 minutes out of your day. 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, or maybe 20 minutes in the afternoon. And have your people either share or play. When we share our stories, we begin to not feel alone anymore. It tends to bring down our irritability and our insensitivity, and it tends to give us energy. Play does the same thing. 
Now, let me let me share with you one story. I was listening to a leader, and he said during uh, this last year, he and his group found the joy of spike ball. I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a net about yay big, and it's a tight net. You've got a ball about so big, and you have two teams of two, and the goal is to spike the ball so hard on the net that when it pops off, the other team can't return it in, in two hits back to the net. So it's, it's volleyball played down. <laughs> with a lot of effort and energy. And he said, and when things get tense or tired or we feel that tension in the office, we just go spend 30 minutes playing spike ball. And then we all come back to work, but we have energy, <coughs> we have life again, we have something going. Now maybe for you it's not spike ball, maybe it's something else. Food helps. Um, but something. We set up a ping pong table. Yeah, ping pong table. It's something. I know, Jeff, you walk your dog at night. That you know that little break. I was thinking of that. Yeah, that I mean that's why she break. tells me we gotta go. Yeah, it's I'm on her schedule. And I don't says, know how she got me to do that, but told <laughs> yeah. me about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here's the questions you need to ask your team. Here you go. What are my expectations on this scale? Start with that. Based on the realities we just talked about. Based on the truth of where people are at right now, what are my expectations? And I want to encourage you to take this, this idea with you everywhere you go because the people working for you, getting your pizza ready at Donato's, need it just as much as the people working in the office with you. Um, and the people who go to sleep with you in the same bed, in the same rooms, in the same houses at night, they need this as much as the people you work with, if not more. Are my expectations realistic? If they're unrealistic or even impossible, people are going to feel dominated. If they're limited or resigned, people are going to feel either protected or abdication. Okay? We want to land in this realistic spot. And then, have I communicated that clearly? Are my expectations realistic? If they are, have I communicated it clearly? And here's what we mean. Have I been very clear about what I expect from people, honestly, and why I think they can accomplish it, support. Okay, that's what I mean by clear. I'm clear about what I expect, and here's why I believe you can accomplish it. If we're asking ourselves these questions regularly, what we're gonna do is we're gonna produce a culture and a climate that allows people to grow and flourish in their creativity so that everybody in our organization can say like Kevin, hey, right now, Man, I got enough pushing me, and I feel totally supported doing it. And when that's the case, and we have a whole team of people, or all the people we're working with are feeling that way, then we can accomplish more than we've ever accomplished. And we end up in that place where everybody's flowing together the way they need to, to not just get over the crisis, but to actually get all the way through. Leading is like climbing a mountain. You got a bunch of people and you're trying to climb to some summit together. And the goal is to reach the summit. But the end of the journey is not reaching the summit. So when you get through a crisis, and you're coming back down, shift your leadership to think about capacity, think about where people are, know, acknowledge where they are, balance support and challenge, and then think about their capacity. Because the goal may be the summit, but the end of the journey is when we're back home safely with our family, 
<laughs> telling them the story of the climb. And until everybody's safely back home and feeling that sense of renewal and restoration, we're not done. We're just not done. So we just got to keep helping people get back to that place. And when we do, when we give them the freedom to get back there and to restore and refresh, what's going to happen is they're going to be more they're going to be more productive and more effective going forward just because we slow down a little bit right now. Um, it's interesting, yesterday I saw that uh, both Google and Microsoft had lower earnings this last quarter than expected. <clears throat> of course, everybody's worked up because their stock prices have gone down. But the reality is this, we should probably expect that for a little while longer. Things are not gonna run like they ran. People are tired, people are worn out, their capacity is lessened. And it's probably okay if we just slow down for a minute. Won't last forever. If we don't do it, we'll go back into crisis. If we do it, we free ourselves up to move forward and begin to regenerate the kind of energy we had before crisis happened. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, if you like what's going on here, could you share this with someone else so that they get involved and we can get this message of of thriving relationships out to other people of optimizing leadership so that we can ignite our world together so that we can work together to set this world on fire with greatness and life for all of us and uh, be sure to subscribe and give us a review so that this gets out to more people as well thank you again for listening and remember life is a gift living is a choice and living is measured in relationships So choose relationship today.